So now a word about the clay that all of you have with you today. So our service is going to be a little bit different uh, today in that we're uh, breaking it up uh, into smaller pieces. So you might uh, see that there's uh, different parts to the service. Uh, and I'm going to share a reflection during each of those sections. Don't worry, I'm not going to be preaching four different 15 to 20 minute sermons. Uh, they will be much shorter reflections uh, on all of these sections. But what I would like you to do as you play with your clay is eventually begin to mold it into something that says something about you. All right? Mold it so like at the end of the service, we'll have an opportunity for folks to either to come up and put it up front uh, or uh, if you want to take it home, whatever you would like to do with it. So after worship, if you uh, showed it to somebody and they say, oh, this is exactly what this says about you. I get it. Uh, I'm sure everything that you will create will be immediately recognizable uh, so that everyone will know exactly what it is that you are creating. So. Feel free to do that uh, during our worship today. And now I'm going to invite Beatrice to come forward at this time to read our first scripture. In the beginning of in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What was come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness do not overtake it. So I have a question, especially for our younger people who are here today. Is there a book at home that you often will read at Christmas time that you only get out this time of the year? Yes, Beatrice, what do you read at home? Charlie Brown Advent Calendar Book. Excellent, yes. Any other younger people, do you have a Christmas book or Advent book at home that you often will read this time of the year? If you want to whisper it to somebody near you, that's fine too. No one? All right. Adults, how about you? Is there a Christmas book that you enjoy reading? Yeah. Oh, Adam. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, of course. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Any other books people like to read? Yes, Abby. Beatrice would like me to name uh, one of our family favorites is Crispin, the pig who had it all. Crispin, the pig who had it all. Another classic. Yeah, we're singing a hymn later based on that story. Chris. Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree. Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree. Wonderful. Yes, and? Why the chimes rang. Why the chimes rang. Does anyone know that one? Yeah, classic, yes. Vicki. Twas the night before Christmas, of course. Absolutely, yeah. All right, any, any others? One more. We'll do one more at night. Yeah, Brian. Red and Lulu. Red and Lulu? All right. Red and Lulu. Are Red and Lulu animals or? Birds in Central Park. Wonderful. All right. These are all excellent uh, answers. Thank you for sharing that. Be ready. I'm going to ask you other questions later on. Um, there's another. Uh, the reason I asked you about books is because I want to tell you a little bit of a story 
Uh, and this was uh, from a person named Tim Keller. Some of you may have heard of him. Uh, he was a pastor and a theologian who passed away this last year. And I once heard him tell this story about another uh, writer. Now, if any, is anyone in here today fans of mysteries? Does anyone like to write, like read mysteries? Yes, all right. So in the 20th century, there was a mystery writer named Dorothy Sayers. Now, an interesting thing about Dorothy Sayers is that she was English. She was one of the first women ever to receive a degree from Oxford, and she wrote a series of mystery books. One of those series of books was about a detective named Lord Peter Whimsey. If there's a more British name out there than Lord Peter Whimsey, I don't know what it would be. But Lord Peter Whimsey was a detective, and Dorothy Sayers wrote about Lord Peter Whimsey, and she noticed something about halfway through the series, an interesting thing happened. A character got introduced into these books, and this character's name was Harriet Vane. An interesting thing about Harriet Vane, she was English, she was one of the first women ever to receive a degree from Oxford, and she also wrote mystery books. What happened was Dorothy Sayers, the original author of all these, really started to feel a connection with Lord Peter Whimsey. One might even say she fell in love with him in a way. But she also noticed that this character that she had written, Lord Peter Whimsey, was feeling kind of lonely. And that she needed someone, or that he needed someone, to guide him along the way. And so Dorothy Sayers essentially wrote herself into the story, in the character of Harriet Vane, so that she could guide Lord Peter Whimsey in his own life. So she wrote herself in and married the character of Lord Peter Whimsey. In our passage here today from John, we read, all things came into being through God. And without God, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. For us, we often will start off in the book of Genesis and talk about how God created the world. But sometimes around Christmas time, we also read this passage from John so that we know that God also creates and gives us life and light. But the thing about God is, and this is why we celebrate Christmas, God didn't just create and take a step back and say, wow, what an amazing thing that I have done. God, in a sense, saw what God had created and fell in love with that creation. But he perhaps knew something was missing. God knew that they needed a way to guide them. And so, in a sense, God, like Dorothy Sayers, wrote God's self into the story through Jesus so that we might have a way to be guided and saved and loved. God wrote God's self as God the creator, as we're beginning to create here today with our own hands. God created and God did more than that. God came to us through this vulnerable child, which we celebrate this time of the year. This is good news. So let us respond in song. I would invite you now to, in your hymnals, number 246, and let's sing, stand as you're able, and let us sing joy to the world.
Amen. You may be seated. Are you, are you reading? Are you ready to read? No? No, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Our next passage comes from the Gospel of Luke. Let us hear these words. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. All right, so I asked you favorite Christmas books. Now you might have answers to this one as well. And there is one right answer. Let's see if you get it right, okay? What is your favorite or a favorite Christmas movie? What is it? It's a Wonderful Life, but a classic. Right, that's the wrong answer, though. Uh, RJ. Elf, another wonderful, excellent movie. That's also the wrong answer, what I'm going for here. Yes? Home Alone, yes. Another great Christmas movie. Was there, oh, yes, Alice. Christmas Story. Christmas Story, another wonderful, yes. What was it? The Star. The Star? Wonderful, thank you so much for sharing that one. Yes, yes. Charlie Brown, yes, another great one. Yes, Miles. Small one? Yeah. All right, wonderful. All those, if you haven't heard these, like start writing these down so you can watch them as well. Emerson? Oh, I was going to say the Charlie Brown Christmas Christmas Christmas. But 100% Christmas Christmas Christmas. There you go. Uh, there we go. Yeah, all right, Leah. White Christmas. Yes, excellent. Yes. Elf, yes, with Buddy, absolutely. We watched that a couple nights ago ourselves. Yes, all right. Well, to anyone who hasn't said anything, yes. What is it? Eight-bit Christmas. These are. I need to write some of these down. I've not some of these. Yes, Don. The Bishop's Wife. The Bishop's Wife, another a classic. Yes, absolutely. These are all excellent answers. No one gave the answer I was looking for, uh, which is the Grinch. How many of you have watched? Oh, right, yes. There have been a couple versions of The Grinch. Uh, one that I'm thinking of specifically is the one with Jim Carrey. That one came out several years ago. Has anyone seen that one, that version? Yes, before? All right. Now, why am I talking about uh, The Grinch today? Well, you might know, so Jim Carrey doesn't normally look like that. He needs some help in order to get into his costume and his face and everything else. There is a makeup artist named Kazuhiro, and he is the one responsible. He's actually won some Academy Awards. Uh, you may have heard the movie Maestro that has recently come out. He did the work on that. And so it's interesting, all the work that uh, Kazuhiro has done over the years. But interestingly, 
he pretty much retired several years ago. Every once in a while, like with Meister, he comes out of retirement. But instead, these days, he spends most of his time making sculptures, large sculptures of heads of historical figures. So he has done Abraham Lincoln. He has done Frederick Douglass. He has done Frida Kahlo. And it's interesting to read about his process. As you are working on your own clay, think about if you were to make, I asked you to make something that says something about you, it maybe you're going to make yourself. Maybe you're going to make your own head. It takes him about four to six months to create a sculpture of somebody's head. And what he does, it's interesting, is that before he starts looking at the face, he really wants to learn about the individual. In a sense, he says, I build the head from the inside out. So he learns about that, and then he begins to sculpt. He takes a lump of clay, he shapes it by hand, and he molds it with silicon rubber and resin. And he also, when he puts hair on the head, he uses human hair. Also, according to this article I read, he uses yak hair, as in the animal, yak hair, in making all of these things. So I try to imagine what that must be like to, to mold and to shape this head that he is making. And of course, whether it's silicone rubber or clay or anything else, the clay allows him to do these things so that the artist can be inspired to do what he is called to do. This powerful verse today from this passage from Mary, verse 38 says, Mary says, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Let it be with me according to your word. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I have a feeling that God might be leading me or guiding me to do something, I am not like clay, meaning I don't allow God to mold and shape and guide. Maybe I'm like clay, but that's been hardened. And so I'd rather not do what God has asked me to do. But here Mary, perhaps Mary is an example for us. If we have a sense that God might be guiding us, leading us, shaping us in some way, perhaps we might be like this clay that you are molding this morning, that we might allow ourselves, even just a little bit, to be like Mary and say, God, I trust you, guide me, mold me, shape me, so that I can live into the way that you are wanting me to live. Let's respond to this good news. Let's sing our next hymn, number 219. You can remain seated for this one. What child is this?
invite Emerson to come forward at this time. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, Magi from the east came into Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all of the chief priests and scribes of the kingdom, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judah, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them what the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me words so that I may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. Thank you. So you notice one thing that I did not do when, uh, when we got the clay today was we did not give you directions. We didn't tell you exactly how you are to do the things. Now, how many of you, if you take a craft project and Kids, if you do something at school, do you prefer, like, tell me exactly, like, give me the 10 steps of the things that I am supposed to do, or are some of you would take those directions and crumple it up and say, no, no, I want to do my own thing, all right? I would ask, how many of you are, generally speaking, prefer the directions? You like some directions, like, uh, for grown-ups, maybe if you've ever gone to Ikea, uh, and you like to know exactly, like, give me the steps, all of these things, yes? All right, how many people throw the directions out and like, uh-uh, I'm going to do my own thing? How many of you are kind of like that? All right, so we've got some of both uh, here today. So I have memories. When I was thinking about craft projects as a child, and I'll never, this is burned in my memory. When I was in kindergarten, and we were making May baskets. Back in the day, we would sometimes make May baskets. And I remember we were supposed to take this construction paper and we were supposed to cut the edge and we were only supposed to cut about halfway through the thing. But for some reason, I don't know if I wasn't listening or what, but I cut it all the way. And I'll never forget the sound of my table mates at that moment. They said, oh, you did it wrong. And that is stuck in my brain ever since. So sometimes I have this fear, like, am I doing it wrong? Is there one way that you're supposed to do the thing? And I have always thought about that time in my life. Now, some of us may have that fear, like, 
when I'm trying to figure out, when, if I'm saying, yes, I will let God shape and mold me, but I need some directions here. Like, God, where are you guiding me? How am I supposed to go where you want me to go? And sometimes it's hard to know. We want exactly to know to do that. So we read here today this story of, sometimes we call them the magi, sometimes we call them the wise men, sometimes we call them the kings, but it's a really interesting thing here that we see today. These astrologers, many scholars believe, or essentially they were astrologers. Some think they might have been what are called Zoroastrians. And so they were following this star in order to find this thing. And I wonder, how did they know? How did they know which way to go? What were the things that they were doing in order to be guided on their way? And the interesting thing about this passage, and there are lots of ways that they are guided. They ask some people, a king tells them which way to go. The star kind of tells them which way to go. Later on in the passage, they are told in a dream about which way not to go. So they use the advice of some people, they use the stars, and they use a dream. All of these things they use in order to get a sense of how do you want me to be guided? So we did not give you specific directions about the clay today. And sometimes there aren't specific directions about how we can live into God's calling in our own lives or how God is molding and shaping us. Instead, there are lots of ways that we can listen to how God is guiding us. It might be by talking to a friend, a loved one. It might be being out in nature and having a sense of God's presence there. It might be reading through the Bible. It might be reading other books. It might even be through a dream. There are lots of different ways that God shapes and molds us. And so, like the Magi here, may we be open to so many different things that God uses in order to speak God's love into us. And one way to do that, of course, is also through music. So let us respond uh, to this last one, uh, or to this, this passage and reflection, and we'll, you can remain seated. Let's sing 246, the first Noel in your hymnals. 245. Thank you, Don. Where? 
now to invite Natalia to come forward at this time. Now in the same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, of David a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord. There will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When, he, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all the words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. Thank you. One thing that's been really kind of lovely over my years as a pastor is sometimes when people, and this makes it sound like I'm like asking for gifts and I'm not doing that, I promise, uh, but when they give me certain things, especially kind of things that I wasn't expecting. So once somebody went to Las Vegas and they brought back an Elvis bobblehead for me as a gift, which I love. It's on my desk at home, but also things that people create. So about we were about three years old as Urban Village, and uh, our old logo, this person made this uh, for me. And so this is a piece of wood, and they painted all of the different dots in our old logo, and so this was a gift which I love. But then I also love it when people draw me things. I know some of our uh, children uh, here have drawn me things. I know Hanley has driven, drawn me things. Adam has drawn me things. Other kids have drawn me things uh, over the years. And then I especially, I keep this. I have a folder that I keep in my backpack every day. And this was actually written, uh, drawn by Des's mom, Maria. And so during worship one time, she drew this picture of me and I know not all of you can see it, as I was up front. And so I keep this with me always because she actually, she gave me some pretty nice biceps, which I appreciate. Uh, and it's in drawing this picture of me. So I, I love it when people make these, in a sense, these, these offerings uh, and they share them with me. So as you have made today the thing that you says something about you, what we want you to do Later on, is again, you can either take it home with you and maybe put it uh, somewhere on a table or a mantle or somewhere in your room, perhaps, wherever it is. Or today, if you would like, when we have communion, you can come up and put it up front here as a gift and an offering as well, all of these things. And so what we want you to do is you have made this thing. And so just like we read in our passage today, there are opportunities for people to respond to what God has done for them in their own lives. 
We read about the Magi earlier, and of course we know we just sang about bringing the traditional gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the shepherds, which we just heard about too, they make their own offerings too. They give their testimony. They have seen and heard about this great news or this good news of great joy. And so they go and tell others about this amazing thing they have heard and seen. And they want to tell others about it. And so they share their testimony about what they have received. God has created you, and so we invite you as well to give your offering. God has created you, and so we want you to give your creation and either take it home again with you or up front as well. When God creates, we also want to give our own creation. And so we ask and want you to do just as the shepherds did, just as the magi did, to make this offering of ourselves. And so I would invite you, this song is an inspiration one for us to do that, share our own testimony, I invite you to stand this time as you're able and let us sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. also give a hand to our musicians who are offering their gifts today. Hey, Julie and Olivia, Don and Gary and Ellis are doing a, a great job. Amen. So we respond to God's good news and giving of ourselves as we will do in a moment, but also we give uh, financially as well. And so uh, in a moment, people are going to be passing some baskets up and down the rows. And so earlier, there's that part of our bulletins that's a tear off. And so if you could let us know who you are, especially if this is your first time here today. We want you to feel no compulsion to give financially. You're our guest. We're thrilled that you're here, but we'd love to know how we can pray for you, who you might be. You can learn a little bit what's going on in the life of our church. You can also do that. There's a QR code on the bullet front of the bulletin, and so you can do that as well. Today, also, there's a special offering that we are taking up online. And so if you went to urbanvillagechurch.org give, that's urbanvillagechurch.org give, 
And when you go through that, there's a special Christmas Eve offering that we're taking up today. All of those funds are going to the Department of Service to Palestinian refugees. I recorded a video yesterday. A friend of mine who is a missionary in Jerusalem brought the executive secretary of what's known as the DSPR, Department of Service to Palestinian Refugees. They're doing amazing on-the-ground work in Gaza right now, not just for physical needs that people need, but also uh, emotional, psychological needs that people need as well. And so I invite you to go, again, urbanvillagechurch.org slash give, and when you go through the process of giving, at the end there will be an opportunity for you to select the Christmas Eve offering, and all of those funds uh, will go toward that. So I invite you to consider doing that today as well. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery, for the ways that you come to us in very real and powerful ways, especially on this day, when we remember that you wrote yourself into our story so that we might know you even more deeply, that you might show us a way to live. We pray that you might allow us to be molded by you, shaped by you, loved by you, so that we can love others with our own gifts and graces. And all this we pray in Jesus. I'd invite you just to real quick take a look around at all the candles lit today and the lights that are lit by their flame. Friends, we live in a world where not all is calm and not all is bright all the time. We live where there is violence and war. We live where there is sickness and disease. We live in places where there is not enough, and yet the light continues to shine. You are that light. I am that light. May we take this memory, this flame with us, so that we might also be the ones to bring peace to all people, that we might be molded and shaped by God, our creator, so that others can know that creation and they might be molded by love as well.